Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and fresh anointing to your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the work that you are doing in this place. Thank you for the presence of your spirit. Thank you for your people who have gathered unto your name. I ask in the name of Jesus that you grant unto me utterance. I speak accurately according to the vision of the set man of this house, interpreting that which you have placed in his heart in bringing about this convention, that your word goes forth unhindered by any demonic force, in simplicity but with accuracy and in power, that our hearts will be established in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. The topic I'll be speaking on is from obscurity to lamplight. How God prepares you. From obscurity to lamplight. How God prepares you. Now, let me just say something about lamplight. Lamplight doesn't necessarily mean because it's not everybody that will have a public pulpit ministry. So, lamplight should not be seen as something like uh, fame or seeking for the lamplight. You know, I went to preach in Ibadan yesterday and the pastor of the church, uh, before he introduced me, told a story about the minister that spoke the day before and he's a prominent minister in Lagos. And he said he told him a story about, apparently I realized they went to the same secondary school in Ibadan. But he told him a story about how he got saved, that he was born in a Muslim family and that when he got to school, this teacher um, there had a fellowship and he used to get a lot of his students saved and he would train them and teach them in the ways of God. And that many of the people he taught and he trained as a school teacher who later on became principal of the school, a lot of those people have powerful ministries today. And he was saying when we get to heaven, uh, that teacher, the reward is going to get, all right? Maybe just be more than even some of us that have public ministry because he's really doing uh, the work of God. So in talking about this, I want us to understand, I'm talking about from a preparation into entering into the office that God has called you to step into. And the Bible tells us in the body of Christ that we have different offices. And it does tell us that some offices as members of the body are visible, but some things are not visible. But the way God has done it is that a lot of less visible parts of the body are the most important parts. You can't see the liver, you can't see the kidney, you can't see the heart, but God forbid that any of those ones stop functioning. And so you might occupy a position in the body that is very strategic, very important, very impactful, but it may not be visible. But let me say this to you. Wherever you are, so long as you are in the position that God has assigned to you, you will be fulfilled. You will prosper in that position. All right. You will have a joy unspeakable. 
and there will be no trace of envy in you for somebody who even is, all right, more publicly known and more, all right, that. And to be honest with you, uh, sometimes I tell myself that, look, uh, this life of a public figure sometimes is not nice, <laughs> all right, because the amount of pressure that can be on you as to what you say, what you do can, is what sometimes just, can't I have a quiet life? and just be quiet and nobody recognizes you and nobody sees you. So, we want to look at this from obscurity, all right, to limelight or to being impactful as a person. So, we are looking at how God prepares you. Let's just paint a picture here. It's like uh, uh, you take a car or you want to build a car through an assembly plant and then after some time, all right, the car comes out at the other end and the car has been tested and it has been found to be strong and capable of doing that which the manufacturer promised, the promise of the manufacturer is fulfilled in that car. So God has a promise over us and he wants it fulfilled. Now let me also say something else. I think it was, I heard Reverend Samadiemi say this years ago and it is true. He said one of the mistakes that was made in the past, and I'm trying to say this so people understand something, is that once anybody shows sign of spiritual growth and development, knowledge of scriptures, back then we just quickly move them into pastoral ministry and make them pastors. And that because of that, in the public space and in the marketplace, right, people were not raised to be strong and powerful Christians in the marketplace. So there will be apostolic and prophetic voices in the marketplace. In other words, operating by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, sitting in boardrooms and operating with discerning of spirit, using word of knowledge to solve problems in the marketplace. For example, Daniel was a prophet, that's what the scripture says. But Daniel really operated as a civil servant within the system of Nebuchadnezzar. But right there we saw the word of wisdom operating. We saw the gift of prophecy operating. We saw the nation running into a problem just like Joseph. And the nation didn't know the way out of the problem. And Joseph and Daniel would say, let us go and pray. Or big men there. And came with the word of knowledge. So, what of knowledge doesn't necessarily mean operating in it is not confined to me standing behind the pulpit and saying that there's somebody here, you were born in this place, it's not confined to that. We need word of knowledge to operate in the field of medicine. Are you following what I'm saying here? We need medical doctors that will know things by word of knowledge. Let me tell you this story here. My sister, all right, had a, um, well, we later found out, twisted intestine in Lagos here. So they had to rush her because my parents were doctors. So they had to rush her because my father had been a doctor for years. Listen, the person who came to pick her in Lagos and sat in the ambulance with her was the former head of surgery, UCH, who was now working in Kingsford Hospital in Saudi. was my father's friend. He sat holding the drip, telling my father he must monitor her. They got to UCH. Some of my father's friends came out of retirement. None of them could operate. Because they weren't sure. They didn't want her to die in their hands. They just kept going back. It was a medical doctor who worked under them. All right, back then, he's now a professor, professor, um, 
Adeboye. All right? He was the one. He told my father, he said, I will go and pray. He said, I will go and pray. Nobody could touch her. He said, I will go and pray. All the surgeons with gray hair back then lined behind him. He came back. He said, God said to me, clearly, the road is clear. Let's move. All of them followed him into the operation. When he opened her, my sister told me this, the anesthesia had not worked fully. So she was still conscious, but she wasn't feeling the pain. He was the one that caught her. The rest stood behind him watching. As he brought her intestine out, said, how come she's still alive? So we need that. We don't need to take a doctor operating with word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and convert them. All right, let's welcome Pastor, Pastor May. All right, okay. I didn't know you were around. All right, let's welcome her. All right. Um, let me just shine small. We went to the same secondary school. I just used that too. <laughs> so, all right. So we don't need to convert them. You can be a lawyer and you get into a case. Listen to me and you stand before the judge. And as Job said, when I opened my mouth, it was as dew from heaven that came out. And you find senior advocates asking you, just like Elihu. Elihu said, I listened to you people. I found no answer in your mouth, but you condemned Job. That, listen, there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth unto him understanding. So we need lawyers that are flowing in the Holy Spirit. Alright, we need those kinds of people. People that, young people that will go into corporations as interpreters of dreams. In other words, the, the, the CEO will say to themselves, you know, we have this dream, but we don't know how to do it. And you will get up and say, give me time, I'll be back in three days. And you come out with a plan that they will ask you, where did you get this intelligence from? So don't just think of what we are saying as full-time ministry. Do you get what I'm saying here? And standing behind. Because, you know, it's only a few people that will do that. But everybody can operate, alright, with grace and the giftings of the Holy Spirit in, alright, in areas in which they are in. As a, an architect, you can design buildings, alright, that will be affordable to the common man. All right, and those buildings will be designed in such a way that it is affordable. But when people get into it, you have used space creatively. I mean, uh, listen, there was a school where there was a lot of crime going on in England, and how did they solve the crime? An architect came into the place, it wasn't the police, and the architect redesigned all these spaces, allowed the light to get into certain places. He said, evil cannot occur where light is. He said that. All right. Redesigned the entire place. And all right. All of the crime in that school dropped. We need architects like that. We need architects like that. We need people that their minds touch the mind of God. Geniuses in their fields. And to be honest with you. There is a limit to which we preachers can impact. Because CNN is not going to believe us. But a medical doctor that discovers the cure to cancer, CNN will believe you when you talk. Are you following what I'm saying here? An architect that redesigned the things and, and reduced crime to 5%. They come to ask you, if you tell them it's the Holy Ghost, they have to believe you. Because you have outdone them in their field. 
So in that light, let us look at a few things here. From obscurity to lamplight. The Bible tells us about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1 and verse 18. It says he was in the wilderness until the time of his showing forth Eighty, one eighty, not eighteen, one eighty. And it came to pass. All right. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. So before you're showing forth, there are two things that you must focus on: personal growth and waxing strong in the spirit whatever you do you must focus on your personal spiritual growth and waxing strong in the spirit he was there in the desert until the day or the time so you also recognize the place of timing that one I must be focused on personal growth. Waxing strong in the spirit. And then there will be a time determined by God for my showing forth unto people or the day he is now going to announce me. Uh, what does it mean to wax strong or how do you grow? and work strong in the spirit and you must make this your emphasis you see Christianity is divided here into two the church can be called an ecclesia and you can also call it a koinonia which is a fellowship there is an organizational aspect of the church and there is a fellowship aspect of the church so coming in here you can see the ecclesia at work the organization of people that's one side then you have the fellowship which is another side in that fellowship you can come in here and sense how close the people are to God do you get what I'm saying here now you can go into some places and the koinonia is high but the ecclesia is low and you can go into some places the ecclesia is high top-notch organization but the level of the presence of the spirit within the place is low now bring that into your life too it is going to be into two there is the koinonia which is your own personal fellowship with god and then there's the dimension i don't speak about this the all right uh, ecclesia here which is the organizational aspect in other words you are ushering in other words you're playing instruments you are part of the organization you are behind the scenes you are doing stuff but you must as you are doing all of that and I'll talk about both the importance of both you must make sure that you are growing in the spirit and that you are waxing strong in the spirit 
Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? Because if you are not growing in the spirit or waxing strong in the spirit, this is why we have people today, people on, 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 on uh, social media sometimes that have been Christians for long and then they will get up and attack the church. All right? And you wonder how this person has been a Christian. Now, what really, what really is going on is they have been very strong. When they say we are Christians, who are members of churches, they were there in the ecclesia, the organizational part. And because they were in that organizational part, they are visible, they are known. But in terms of koinonia with God, it was low. All right? So, Mary and Martha, Jesus told straight. He said, look, Mary has chosen the good part. You are running around by the chose. So, it's important that as you are doing the ecclesia, you make sure that you are, as the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That you come to a point where you are wax strong in the spirit. That your spiritual growth is going on. And for you to grow spiritually, you have to develop a daily practice. Alright? In cases, weekly practice. In some cases, monthly practice. I will suggest very strongly that you as much as possible spend at least one hour praying in the spirit every day then when you have free time as a weekly practice let's say on saturdays or sundays have excursions in the spirit all these great men you see today apostles here when they were on campus they had what we we'll call excursions in the spirit what do i mean by that praying in tongues for the sake of fellowship you just spend a long time praying in tongues then you have the opportunity to have what we call notes of victories what you are doing is you are, you are dealing with things that are years ahead let me tell you this my electrician came to see me yesterday when we started church he was now talking to me he said one day he was now telling me my message I preached last Sunday on television and I watched you he said, I will sit down with people and they say, ah, you know, Pastor, what you said? Yes. He said, there was an electrician in the warehouse next to him. He said, sometimes he will pray in tongues for eight hours. He said, we'll be there alone in his office. You have to have those excursions where you are dealing with things that you don't know about. Where, all right, it will cause your lines to fall into pleasant places. Where you're just having notes of victory because what God is doing is that he's dealing with many things ahead of time. But the most important part about this prayer that you are offering up is this, which you must understand. Because you can have people, and let me frankly, a friend of mine told me, he said, I had this friend that used to pray in the spirit. He said, oh, pray, 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 lock the door, pray, 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 pray. He said, nothing happened. And he just faced off a ministry and nothing happened to him. And he doesn't know where he is today. And, and it's true. The key to prayer or the results of prayer are not first of all external. The results of prayer are first and foremost internal. God is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If 
if we allow him do the work in us, then we will work out our own what? Salvation. Which means we are to produce the external because of what is inside. So if two man manufacturers bring out cars, right, and two people begin to drive the cars, the performance of that car, you can say to an extent, can have to do with driver, but the capacity of what has been deposited into the engine of that car will determine to a large extent, all right, who is going to get to that place first. So God wants to walk, and many of us are looking on the outside and saying to ourselves, God, do something, and God wants to walk on the inside of us. And let me explain this. There were, Dr. Yonggi Cho, when he was alive here, said, when his church was 300,000, and make sure you get this, it was 300,000. Some colleague in South Korea came to meet him and said to him, your church is 300,000, mine is 3,000. And he told him in all sincerity. He said, number two. I schooled, I went to better schools than you. I went to America to school. You did all your schooling local here. Number three. I went to the finest theological school to learn this thing. You didn't go to anything to learn anything. How is it you have 300,000? I have three. Younger just said, how, many, how long do you pray? 30 minutes. This is what he said. I'm going to win. He said, 30 minutes, 3,000. Three hours, 300,000. Now, he wasn't just talking about the length of time. Get what he was saying. Because what he had said, I'd heard him earlier on sometimes say this. When I start praying in the spirit, he said, the first hour, I'm talking to the devil. He said, it's after that that I begin to talk to God. In other words, what he was telling that man is when you start praying in the spirit sometimes, there's a restraint. You know that you are, you are not going beyond a certain point. He said, and it takes about, all right, in the realm of the spirit, depending on how you are, it takes between 45 minutes to an hour. That's why Jesus said, won't you tarry with me for one hour? It takes about an hour to crack that thing. Alright? So, he said, if you are praying for 30 minutes, you never crack it. I pray for three hours. What he was saying was, after an hour of prayer, I crack it. And I pray two, three hours. He says, for the next one hour, I am now in a flow. When you get to that flow, your mind becomes quiet. What begins to happen is that the Holy Spirit starts ministering to you. Now, the key is to your future is not so much what you said, but what God says back to you. So what he was telling that man is you have no instructions like I have. Do you get what we're saying here? You may be able to preach better, but I know where to preach. Are you following saying here? So I know exactly where to preach. And therefore you only get it. So you must get it. And many people pray and they look on the outside to see whether there will be any change. Ah, they spend time praying, they fast pray, and they look on the outside. All right? Will there be any? Uh, let me just also throw this in. I urge you one one day a week fast. Uh, these are these are disciplines that will get you far. Are you from Sadia? One day a week, just fast. All right? Just fast there and just spend time praying and being sensitive to the spirit of God there. So. Uh, people can pray and do all of that and look on the outside. But God always answers and you must 
master the art, all right, of hearing God. And let me show this. Go to Psalm 28 and verse 1. Psalm 28 and verse 1. It says, unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent unto me. If thou be silent unto me, that's God, if you are silent after I've cried, I will be like them that go down to the pit. In other words, if I don't hear from you and I prayed, my experience will be like the same person that did not do what? Pray. You know, the Bible tells us, that make your request known unto God and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. In other words, the answer to prayer is that you have a peace that passes all understanding. What's that peace? Psalm 85, because of time, let me just quote scripture. Verse 8 says, the Lord will speak what? Peace to his people. So when you make your request known unto him, God speaks back to you. That's what causes that peace that passes all understanding. So what's the practice? Spend time in prayer, in the spirit, when you pray, man talks to God. When you read your Bible, God talks to you. So make sure these two habits are in your life. One, you spend time praying. But the second is that you spend time also reading the scriptures in order to hear the instructions that God will give you, right, for your own personal life. He said, when you come up and commune with me, he told them, on the mercy seat, I will commune with you and I will give you commandments. So hear the small, still voice out of the scriptures. Let God whisper to you things. Let him tell you, all right, and you start practicing because when you get into the place where he brings you to the lamb light and it's now time to kill Goliath, you must have the bear lion. You can't be in an office and tell them, don't worry, I will solve the problem if you have not solved small problems. And therefore, the person who has mastered the art of hearing heaven is the one that has the secret to the operations of the Spirit of God. Did Paul not say, he that walketh miracles among you, how is he doing it? Is it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Mary told us the first law to miracles. Whatsoever he tells you, do it. So spend time in prayer, but then spend time reading the word of God. So the balance is prayer and the ministry of the word of God there. And as much as possible, all right, practice it every day. Even if you don't have, if it happens that that day, you don't have just time to pray that long. Even if you pray for 15 minutes, pray for 15 minutes and then read the Bible. Make sure you cultivate, all right, those two things. Number two, whatever God wants you to do, Don't try and do it without him opening the opportunity. Are you following what I'm saying? During the years of wilderness, and everybody will be there. Paul was there, I'll show you. David was there. Let me quickly just touch it now because of time. Then I get back and close the days. You'll be asked to do things. In the book of Acts, the church called Barnabas. 
Acts chapter 12. And they told Barnabas, they said he should go. They heard things were happening in Antioch. They sent him to Antioch to go and teach. In 13, God said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work to which I called them. But in verse 11, the church called them. That wasn't the ultimate work that God had for them. But they were under authority at that particular point in time. And please, when you're under authority, you don't choose what you do. Don't ever say that I am gifted to sing, so I must be in the choir. That may not be your training ground. You may be the best singer, but where they placed you is ushering. Usher, because let me tell you this. The whole point of that phase is not about what God essentially has called you to do. But that phase is understanding how to relate to people. How to manage people. How to work with people. And God knows that, listen, this gift he placed in you, when it blows up and you are in that particular place, you must understand how to manage. So he knows. He moves the person authority to ask you that, listen, go and stay there. He knows. One mistake with a figure in authority at that highest level can push you out of where the destiny. So God has to train you so you are perfected in that. They tell you, go to the camera department. Oh, say, no, no, no. I know my calling. Oh, no, no, no. Go to the camera department. One time I was flying, I met with Sinaj. And I asked her, she said, oh, this is my album. I went to record in South Africa. I was coming for South Africa. I said, is this your third album? She said, third. Eighth. I said, where are the other ones? Ah. She said, they are there. We are singing. Nobody knew. She said, then my pastor just told me to adjust something and I adjusted it. So he said, let me tell you my story. Just like what he said here. He said, she said she wanted to travel and go to England. Six, seven friends. They had decided. He said, her pastor, Pastor Chris just called her and said, listen, there's something you don't go. Stay back. That was a difficult decision, but she stayed back. I tell her today that she's the most traveled minister from this country. Preacher or singer. Nobody travels the world like Sinatra. Nobody. But it was just a decision not to go to England. Stay back. There's something you she was in the choir. He pulled her out of the choir. She told me. Put her in camera department. Said she couldn't understand. Moved her to the tapes units. Go and see how they do tapes and sell. She said, you know what? All of those training I got is what I'm using today. I will not have known how to talk to these people. I will not have understood that business side of it if I wasn't given that kind of exposure. So you don't have to be that I'm called to teach. They must make me one of the Bible study teachers. You can have your calling to teach dripping over you, but they say, go and usher. Do you get what I'm saying here? Go and usher. You must understand that you are under authority. And anything authority does, even when they do it and you think that they are being vindictive, God in his sovereignty is training you for something. But in everything you do, make sure you are growing in the spirit every day. Do you get what I'm saying here? That you are waxing strong in the spirit every day. Understand that the other side there is about relational development. How to look, whether we say it or not, the music industry is secular or Christian. 
will not be where it is in Nigeria without the church. Secular home. Many of you who play for secular people came from church. Many of you even singing in a church. You know why? One day I just sat down and thought. See, I sat down one day and I was cutting my hair. I looked up. I saw one of the most foremost artists in Nigeria. Performing. Grammy nominated. I looked at the trumpeters. Ah! Oh, people are now. <laughs> The Bible said, what's going on? I said, some people, let me tell you why. Do you know, I now thought about it. Do you know the church is the only place where they will leave equipments for you without you paying to train? The only people that have access to equipments to be training, free of charge, hours. Everybody is sessioning the place. You will pay them to train. It's only the church that allows it. It's only the church that will be playing and play. So those people have cultivated skills. It is that skill that they are using now outside. So don't take it that you know they told me that you got look, there's a gentleman in Nigeria. I didn't even know he was in a church. I met him in he was going to England, I met him in the lounge. He came to me and said, Pastor, where you I said he started laughing. He said, You don't know me. I said, I don't know. He said, I go to this center. I'm the assistant head of this. I said, right, so where do you live? He said, I live in London, San Francisco, and Lagos. I said, How do you arrive at this? He said, We do this. He explained. I said, So where do you work? He smiled. He said, I work for Amazon now. We are, we are helping them with their artificial intelligent facial recognition for people of color. That when they did it, they said people of color, the facial recognition, they weren't capturing it. In doing it, the, the facial recognition, they were only getting 10%, all right, accuracy. So they sent for us in Nigeria and we did it for them. And now they've told us to go and talk to the U.S. government. He now laughed. He said, Pastor, you know what? He said, all the things I'm using. When I was in Baptist Fellowship in school, and I was helping them in media. Then I came to church. I was on live stream. The intelligence I got was from the thing I was doing in church. So I'm just trying to tell you that God is working in ways beyond what you understand. Please, don't name the child in your womb until he's born. Hear what I'm saying? The fact that you can't name, don't get under pressure. Follow the rules, don't name yourself. Listen, if you are called to pastor, let me tell you this. Don't come out and start saying they should call you pastor. I'm pastor, I'm pastor, call me pastor. Don't do that. Listen, that anointing will speak for itself. You will see that without you saying anything, People in authority will just begin to take a likeness towards you. I told someone one time, God told me, he said, you are not allowed to lobby or do anything to preach. I said, he told me, he said, you know how you got into it. You went into university, university of Lagos, where you became president of fellowship. You were in Ibadan, you had a classmate. You both decided you were going to stay in Mariri Hall. He said, you decided in Ibadan because his, mom, his auntie was the person in charge of Mariri Hall. So he got that room for you. He said, the day you got to that room, you are non believer. You are smoking cigarettes. The day you got there, they started the fellowship you'll be president of in U318. You are in U218. The place was full. The president went, came down and asked for chairs. It is your chair they took and gave him. He sat on your chair. He said, That was the day I made you the next president of that fellowship as a non believer. Even before Moses knew what to do, God was arranging for him. As a child, are you following what I'm saying here? 
don't try to manipulate the environment by doing that when you try to manipulate things and please let me also tell you this very early check the scriptures and check life those who will be the relationships for your future and destiny God establishes them very early very early and we have found I mean I was just listening to Rick Warren say this he said the ministries that are the most powerful are the ministries where the leaders started together and they grew together where there was little adjustment in the personnel but the people were adjusting themselves but when Satan can scatter those relationships he weakens that leader Billy Graham had the same people from the day he started his inner circle was the same till the end so the people you meet that's why I said it's relationships the people that you meet here that you start interacting you become friends you are not just friends do you get what I'm saying here look let me tell you this I will be open with you I entered into ministry before I was sent I was called but I wasn't sent so I suffered because you suffer when you are called and not sent when you are called and not sent you are anointed but you won't see you know when Jesus spat he anointed him the man was anointed but he said how do you see I see men as trees when you are sent how do you see I see clearly so you'll be anointed people will come to your meeting and feel the anointing but there will not be clarity and I understood it and I understood something that once you enter into the stream of ministry if you get out of that stream it is the hardest thing to get back so whatever it is if I'm the permissive will of God I'll say that but the problem what caused my problem was that all the people that we started together campus all of them we ran into some crisis at one point in the fellowship alright and everybody scattered and went away so the system that God had built around me was gone and for God to be able to now start, he has to go and recreate that system around you. That's why David, the people that be, took the throne with David, hear what I'm about to say in the spirit, that took the throne. You know David met them early in the cave of Adullam. They were the same people that helped him take Joab, the rest of them. They took it. You know that David knew that those people offended him in certain ways. You know when he was going to transfer to Solomon, he told Solomon, he said, listen, this guy did this, this guy did this, this guy did this, this guy did this. Make sure you deal with them all. Why didn't David do it? If David did it, his own kingdom would have scattered. So you meet people, even what you call, all right, people that God wants to to um, speak into your life. You meet people early and you grow alright there with them. Also let me say this if you pray as an individual you go this far. If you have a group of people you pray together you quickly go further. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Don't just make your fellowship. There's a difference between fellowship and breaking of bread. 
breaking of bread is that we are just gisting. Fellowship is a spiritual thing. John said, these things that I've heard, declare, declare I unto you that we may have what? Fellowship one with another. In other words, we have to be at par in Revelation for us to have fellowship. But I can talk to you about football without you knowing what I know from heaven. That's bread breaking of bread. Do you get what I'm saying here? Many people break bread with people that they should be in fellowship with. That they should build intercessory teams together to push their destiny. All they're doing is gisting with the people. Make sure you have people you pray together. Today I will tell you, all those things I was telling you here, I prayed, they was praying eight hours. Maybe we had about 150 people in church at that time. And I'll be praying. I made a mistake. Those 150 people were very willing people. If I told them, guys, 30 of you come and join me at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. to pray every day. You group come on Tuesday. You group come on Wednesday. You group come on Thursday. I'll have gone much further than me alone. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? If I want to carry this monitor by myself, I may be able to carry it if it's very heavy and be struggling. If I call four people to come and help me, we'll take it out. Not just, it will be easier on us and it will be what? Faster. So have your group where you make up your mind that listen, whatever is in all of us must be birthed. Ten years from this day, all of us must be solid guys doing solid things together in the kingdom. Come into an agreement. You can't have kingdom government without a small group in agreement. That's why Daniel. One day I preached it for my friend Pastor Andy. I was like, when I finished, he got up. He said, "You are correct." He said, "Even God, there are three to exercise that power." The three are act as what? One. That's why he says, where two or three are gathered, my manifest presence is there. Pray together. Decide. You'll see it. You can check it. Ten years from that day. If you commit together to be praying together for one hour, just commit it for one year. See what will happen. Check it. All of you will be somewhere. My friend in school, we both used to pray together. He was head of that. We'll go out to the University of Lagos and pray. Uh, 5 a.m. We'll pray, 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 pray. When I go to that now, he's one of the leading intercessors for Kenneth Copeland Ministry. They recognized it on him. And finally, let me just read this scripture. I hope I've gotten everything. All right. Well, said as much as we can say. Right? So do that. Form teams there. Don't just register. All right. I'm talking about uh, hairstyle. Decide. If you are ladies together, pray your husbands into existence. Do you get what I'm saying? That we will all marry right. We will all, do you get what I'm saying? None of you will marry somebody that will carry them away from their destiny. And then begin. Because it is hard to start praying after you meet the wrong person. When the emotions are running. By that time, it's over. Uh, you all know that you can't lay a foundation when the flood is on. The foundation must be laid before the flood comes. If you are digging when the flood, yeah, we didn't pray, but let's start praying, it's too late. Let me say this to you. 
it is never too early to pray about anything. Anything you can think about can be prayed. If you can think that I'll be here till I'm 90 years old, you can pray about 90 years old. Let's just read this and I close with this. Go to Acts chapter 7. I hope you've gained something from this. Eh? So decide and do what is called the power of agreement. That we all agree. Now, now, when you agree on something, it means that it is common to all of you. Okay? So you agree on it. We want to agree. So we will pray out the scriptures that we need. We'll pray out all of these things that are necessary. All right. I don't take any moment. Acts chapter 7 and verse 30. Verse 30. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him. Now before this will happen, that entered into the heart, and we're going to say it, into the heart of, of Moses, it entered his heart. 390 years. Now God had told Abraham 400 years. Got to 390 years. And please, let me just say this to you. If you are called in ministry here, if you are called into ministry and you enter into ministry, you are continuing a work that is already existence on this earth. You hear what I said? You are continuing something that is already in existence, that stopped somewhere. So when Moses got up, it wasn't Moses' idea. It was what God told Abraham 400 years ago. So anytime you get up in ministry, it's not anybody's idea. It is a prophetic word that is looking for expression. That's why he says that, I've sent you into a field where others have labored. And he said, you say it's three months to the harvest. He said, no, the harvest can be immediately. So long as you understand that you are entering into a field where others have labored. If you don't enter into a field where others have labored, you'll be there. Oh. All right? Kenneth Hagin went to preach in, in Australia. He said when he got on the plane, he was telling them in, in his Bible school, he said, I just knew there was something to do in Australia. There was something. The work wasn't finished. But I had to go back to Tulsa. Somebody seated in the place just heard that. And God said, go and do that work that he was saying. She went there. That's a massive church now. Young men shall do what? See visions. Young old men shall do what? Dream dreams. A vision is an interpretation of a dream. The next generation is supposed to interpret. Let's put our hands together for Mrs. Pastor. Alright? The next generation is supposed to interpret what the previous generation didn't finish. So anything that you are doing one of the greatest compliments I received, I close with this in ministry. I went to preach somewhere and the man said to me, he said, you know what? He said, the reason why we invite you to preach is that you're a faith teacher. But you explained the parts of that faith message that were left unturned. We had questions in our heart about it. You come and you break it down. So, a younger generation, what you are supposed to do is the older generation see the land, but they can't get there. They don't have the time, but the dream was there. And anybody in the younger generation that is doing it right, they will know that was the dream 
we couldn't get to. This is what? What you call the vision was their dream. They couldn't get there. In some cases, they even made mistakes and couldn't get there. And they may not tell you the mistakes because they don't want to reduce their authority level over you. So you will have to navigate the recognition of that mistake but still honoring the generation. A friend of mine told me something. I won't say it. Maybe when I'm with Pastor, I'll tell him privately. He told me something that happened. I said, look, there's a generation in this country that allowed their star to be taken by the previous generation. But I'm happy that it's a young generation. Imagine now that honors the old generation, but they understand their identity. They are not leveraging on photographs. They are not leveraging on associations to do what they are doing. They are filling stadiums with themselves. Are you following what I'm saying here? They honor, but they know. There were people that should have done it in the previous generation. But while they were so different to the older generation, they lost their own vision. God bless you all. Let's just lift up our hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pronounce a blessing over you all. Not one person under the sound of my voice shall be lost from their cause and the place that God has designed for you. You will all fulfill your destinies. You will go beyond the previous generation. You will transform this nation. You will break barriers. The covenant that God made with Abraham shall be fulfilled in you. In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The name of this country shall be transformed because of you, this generation. And the earth shall know Nigeria as a new name by reason of the works that shall come out of you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. are greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence. We are the new